the New York Comedy Club podcast, where we talk to friends and comedians of New York Comedy Club about comedy, life, all kinds of other things. And we'd like to remind you, we are part of the Paper House Network, which has a variety of amazing content and podcasts that you can listen to on all kinds of topics, music, movies, obviously comedy like we've got here. So be sure to check them out. Uh, today, this is Amy. I'm flying solo. Uh, Nick has had a terrible air conditioner accident, and I am here with the lovely Carmen Lynch. Hi. Hi. Wait, hold on. Before we start, did you say that Nick had an act? Like, did something fall on him, or is it just not working? It's just it- not working. <laughs> okay. Because it, it's not when you said accident, I was like, what happened? Was he like oh, walking I- down the street and then the air conditioner fell on him? That would be pretty awful. <laughs> That would just be like, just like, da, 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 you know, Nick's okay. He's (laughs) dead and he's spine hurts and it's all bad, but you know, Hey, I'm here. We got a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so Carmen, that's good. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. He's, he's good. Um, I mean, he's very frustrated and angry right now, but that's, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Um, so how's your quarantine going? It's, uh, it's going, it's, isn't it crazy how much time has gone by? Like I'm, I'm in Virginia now with my parents. I'm visiting them. My dad just turned 80 and I wanted to be here for father's day and stuff. But, uh, but I was mostly quarantined up in Connecticut with my boyfriend's family. So, you know, I haven't been in New York since March 15th. Well, I will tell you, uh, right now I would give it one to two stars. Do not recommend. So <laughs> I've heard many things. I've heard about the fireworks and amongst all the other things on the news. Yeah. It's funny too, because, you know, here in New York, fireworks during the summer on a random night is not unusual, you know, especially certain parts of town, Harlem, uh, you know, most summers I'm like, oh yeah, Hey, whatever. It's June 12th. Let's have some fireworks. But, uh, so when it first started, obviously it's much worse this year. And, but I was just like, ah, that's how New York rolls. And then I started seeing on Twitter, all of these people from every other city being like, why are there so many fireworks? What is happening? It's a government (laughs) conspiracy. Do you think it is? Like, do you think, oh, what do you think? What do you think it is? I mean, I think that if the pandemic has taught us anything, the mass inconsideration of people for other people is a very likely explanation. But isn't it weird though, that it's happening in all the cities? Like it almost feels so organized. Yeah, it is a little odd. Uh, I mean, I also would be 100% willing to buy. It is some kind of a weird punishment for protesting. It's like, all right, well now you don't get to sleep. Um, Uh yeah, it is. You never know. Yeah. I, that's the other thing though. I don't get, I don't really know. So I'm from New Hampshire, which is live free or die. So you could just go, (laughs) I was telling my roommate this. It never occurred to me till I was just telling her out loud in my town, there was a guy and I don't remember what he did the rest of the year, but from June until July, August, whatever it was, you could just go to his house and buy fireworks. And that was completely legal. Uh, So to me, yeah. just like having access to fireworks isn't that weird, but I also know people would drive from other states to New Hampshire to get it. Right. So it's a little bit like, yeah, how are all of you people? Is it, where is this legal? Um, that's what Spain was like. You could just buy it and we oh, would yeah. just, we would just shoot them every, every other day, like from <laughs> my, from my aunt's balcony and it would drive her insane. 
you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I've woken up with them before as a child. Cause like my cousin would come in and, and put, put like one of those smaller ones in my room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those are fireworks or just those like little things, yeah, that little, blow, you know, and yeah. then you wake up and you're like, ah! <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that would drive me insane. Cause I'm a light sleeper. That would drive me crazy to be in New York right now. Yeah. Now do you, what, what's your stance on the uh, conspiracy theory of the fireworks? Or where they? Or I don't know. It kind of. I mean, it's it's fun to just like go, huh? Did all the police? Did the police? Um, are they doing this because they're angry? Um, yeah, and they want us to just go crazier than before. <laughs> you know, um, it it just it's weird that all the big cities are having this issue. Yeah. You know, it feels like an email went out and, and, <laughs> and the NYPD was like, okay, every police department, this is what we're doing at 3 a.m. or whatever. Uh, every minute from 10 p.m. until about 4 a.m. would be Holy more shit. accurate. Oh, yeah. really? It's pretty bad. I mean, it depends on what neighborhood you're in, obviously. Uh, like, I know some places in Brooklyn where it, it literally is just straight, like, one person's putting them off over here. Someone's putting them off over there. And then 20 minutes later, it's over there. Where I am in Queens, I there's a couple people who do it pretty near to my house every night, but it's usually just like once around 10, 1030. And then all the rest of them that I hear are from, you know, across over into Brooklyn or further in Queens where it's at least not like bothering me, but I'm sort of like, what's, what's that sound? <laughs> See, it, w- it would kind of make sense if it was cops and, uh, and they're like, see, you do need us. See, <laughs> see, you know, cause I heard that people are, are like literally running from the street. Like, ah, like it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, it's also haha funny cop thing. I don't even know where this fits into it, but I live on a block with a precinct uh-huh. and I think they've got some kind of a target range out back or something because I've also not now, but in the past, been woken up by what was actually gunfire that I thought was fireworks. So I'm that's like, another that's another conspiracy though that they're trying to screw you, like confuse you for yeah. some kind of future thing. That was the one that I was like, yeah, I I 100 can tell you on my block, I don't know the difference. So yeah. if that's what they're doing, it's gonna work. But oh uh, god, 2020. I know it's been a real real good year. <laughs> Um, well, but some good news is you've got an album out. Yay, I do. Yay. It was very spontaneous. Um, I I recorded it in February, very end of February at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And I was going to make an album this year. And then the pan- pandemic started and I was like, you know what? Let me just record this weekend because things are getting bad. And I even mentioned the Corona in the album. So it's literally as things were about to shut down. Oh my God. Um, so it's very, it's very fresh. And then I was, you know, when, when everything shut down, I was like, I have to put something out and I liked the weekend. So, so I did, and it has a little bit of a Spanish um, set, a bonus track at the end. Um, some jokes I did in Spanish at Gotham at a show at Gotham comedy club. So Oh, that is so cool. There's a little bit of a little extra thing in there. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you get to perform in Spanish? Not very much. I had a monthly show and, you know, I've done um, Santi's show in Spanish, but, um, but Brian Grassi and I would run a show uh, like once a month in, in Washington Heights 
And, you know, it's hard to get people to come when they don't know you or it's not, not a club, you know, it's a restaurant. Yeah. Like we went to them to see if like the community would just come and, and, you know, it's tough, but we, we managed to do it once a month. So I was performing one, once a month before COVID, yeah. but then I would go to Spain and visit my sister and my family. And then there I could, I could do more and longer sets. Yeah. So I'd love to put an album out in Spanish eventually if, if life gets back to normal. <laughs> I mean, also maybe if life doesn't get back to normal, yeah, you should just true. do that too. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I could put all of my recordings that I currently have into something. Yeah. And also too, I mean, I think sort of, you know, when I think back to normal, I think like full back to normal, there's definitely going to be a middle normal phase. Yeah. Hey, maybe you could put on a special Spanish show and record a new thing. Yeah. 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 Like I've done a a couple of new material on zoom in Spanish Mm -hmm. with one of my friends in Spain and, um, and it's been fun, but you know, as you know, the zoom versus live, it's just not, Yeah, it's not the same. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I think Nori Davis was the first person to use this metaphor, but basically it's like the methadone compared to the heroin. Like, all right, this oh. will get you through the shaking, but it's yes. not the real thing. God, even having not done those drugs, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. I've never done either of them. Either, you know, but I'm like, I'm yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like decaf coffee versus like a really good cup of, of a, you know, regular, whatever. I'm not good at, at uh, that's a pretty good metaphor. Blah, blah. Perfectly fine metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll leave Nori's. It's better. Yeah. Um, how often are you doing Zooms during, uh, the lockdown? You know, um, I, it, go, it goes up and down because sometimes I'm like, eh, I kind of want to enjoy my quarantine vacation too, you yeah. know? Um, I've been writing, but mostly just ideas and thoughts and stuff. But, uh, but the Zoom is, uh, you know, maybe a couple times a week, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to just like be more Zen during this time and like look inward you know, like try meditation. I've done a little yoga. I just got back from a, a nice bike ride. Um, so I've been trying to do stuff that I usually wouldn't do, mm-hmm. you know, say if I was in New York. How like, um, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, that's it. And then like read books. Like um, I just bought To Kill a Mockingbird because I've never read it. <laughs> oh, wow. Classic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if I, could, if I could do all the things that I've never done, like watch The Wire mm-hmm. and uh, Monty Python movies, I've never seen them. I know that's crazy, but it just wasn't a thing in our house. You know, my sister watched them, but I never did. So I'm like, if I could do stuff like that, I could be like, oh, that's what my quarantine was about, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, I mean, of all the things I thought I was going to do during quarantine, I, I, I watched all of Game of Thrones and they were like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's a great show. Did you like it? I loved it. It was so fun. It's kind of like, you know, it's like violent and bloody, even though it's fantasy fighting and stuff like that. But it's just like, I'm such a wimp about that. I can't, I can't watch your head get cut off. I can't see the blood. I can't do any of that. So I'd avoided it this whole time and then as an apartment we all watched it we would like watch one or two episodes every night not every night like you know but whenever we were all but you got through the whole thing yeah we got through the whole thing 
Good for you. Now, what was your favorite part of it? Oh, gosh. Um, I am a big fan of the large, redheaded, very horny wildling guy. Um, oh, I love him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's That's so exactly the, the, it's hard to know everybody's name on that show. Yeah. So yeah, except for like Jamie. That's easy. Yeah. I love Jamie, but, um, but I love that wilding. Yeah. yeah. Also, what did you think? Uh-huh. Similar names. There's a brawn and a brand. You're making up yes. names. Make up other names. Yeah. And also I was wondering if the queen or the mother of dragons or whatever her name is. Yeah. Like, is that a real language or is she just going, oh, sakalata, sata, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. What is that? I wonder that she's like, did they, it's probably made up, but did they ha- get like a real linguist to make up like a, a functional language? Or And how does she just, memorize that? You know, is it on no. her script? And she's like, sakata, saha. I don't even know what yeah. it sounded like. I forgot, but. Maybe though, because like so many of them are British and British people are just better than us at everything. Yes, they are. Also already speaks other languages. So maybe she's used to having to like recite stuff that maybe doesn't, you know what I mean? Isn't native tongue? Yeah. I thought about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I also liked the really, um, the blonde girl who like kicks ass, who was like- Yes, Brienne. Brienne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's a badass. And and the guy that um the guard for the mother of dragons that oh, had that Jorah, like yes I loved, I loved him, so him much yeah yeah he he I have an unreasonable amount of love for that character like yes. every time he did something wrong or got banished I was like come back come back <laughs> yeah yeah that's so funny it's also so funny like nobody really tells you about that. It's not funny in those Marvel movie ways of like, da, da, da. we set up a joke yeah. and here's the punchline. Yeah. But there's just these like, every episode had one or two really good character driven moments of humor. Well, what's his face? And I don't want to call him a little person because I can't Tyrion. think of his name, but yeah. he is so funny and he's so, so good. Yeah. 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 He was a lot of it in most of the early seasons. I was like, oh good, Tyrion's here. This will be fun. Yeah. He's great. It's so funny too that that is like, such a cultural thing for all of us that yeah. it's been however many years since it started and you're still this excited to to talk about it. Well, there's nothing like it. No. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I kind of wondered if somehow during this pandemic lockdown with all of us being together, like at first there were starting to be those cultural moments again, just because it was like, oh, we're all stuck inside. So everyone watched Tiger King. Yeah. But then it seems like it just kind of turned back into the same diffuse. Wait, people are watching a thing. I didn't even know that. What's that on? Is that on Hulu? Is that on Am- What are you talking about? Yeah. At first it was like Love is Blind oh, and yeah. Tiger King. Mm-hmm. And of course I watched them both and I liked them both. And then it was 90 Day Fiance, which I haven't even watched yet. Oh yeah. I- um, have you seen it? No, I can't get into that, but I watch an equally terrible show. Uh, what? Shoot, what is it called? Oh my God, I can't believe, I can't remember what it's called. It's, um, they Married it- at First Sight. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's like kind of like love. It's a combination, I think, between sort of like 90 Day Fiance and Love is Blind. They have, I think, like four couples who have been matched up professionally by uh, matchmakers and producers, obviously, too. Um, And they literally get 
married at first sight. I mean, you can say no. You can like walk into the wedding and just be like, nah, just nope, nope. So they don't see each other until they get to the altar? Yeah, that's the first time they see each other. And they don't know anything about it, like uh, that mm-hmm. he loves to rock climb or whatever, nothing. No, literally like a segment each season is, you know, right after the wedding when normally like you'd be doing pictures and everybody else is going to the cocktail hour. They just like go to some corner of the venue and they uh-huh. drink champagne and ask each other those basic questions like, what do you do? Do you have brothers? Oh, but they've been selected by a professional. That's yeah, true. Yeah, At yeah, least yeah, they yeah. have that. So wait, did they say yes? Yeah? Did most of them say yes? Most of them. I don't think anyone I saw, I watched two seasons of it and then a little bit of a third. I don't think any of those people walked away the first time, but there's only one couple. Then they ask you, you know, you have whatever it is, six weeks together where they follow you around. And then they ask you to either recommit or get a divorce. And only a number of people recommitted, but only one of those couples is still together as far as I know. Yeah. That's what love is blind is. I think only like two couples ended up together. Yeah, and then I just saw a thing. You know the uh, the short, kind of doofy guy that kept getting run over by that blonde lady who... Yes, yes, really yes. Yeah. So he started dating someone else from that show afterwards. What? Yeah. And then he cheated on her, and this all just came out, and she dumped him. Oh, my gosh. That guy was a little too pushy. Yeah. He um, he reminded me of this guy I used to date and uh, who wasn't a comic. He was in sales, but I think he brought his sales into the relationship and he kept trying <laughs> to pitch me how awesome he was. And I feel like this guy, this guy reminded me of him. I'm like, dude, she's not that into you. Stop. Hey, y'all. It's Amy from the Pink Among Men podcast. I know, you are really, really busy with your sourdough starter and your fourth rewatch of The Office. So it's totally cool if you don't have time for an informative, perspective-bending podcast right now. But if you do have a few minutes to spare in your jam-packed schedule, I want to offer Pink Among Men for your consideration. Pink Among Men is a weekly conversation on different perspectives, gender, and marginalization in the creative community. We chat with actors from shows you watch, directors who make movies that you want to watch, and comedians from stand-up shows that you'll probably never watch, but you should. Every Wednesday, they sit down to talk about the tragedy and the triumph that comes with not being a white dude in arts and entertainment. You probably don't have time for it, but maybe subscribe so you can listen when you're a little less busy. Get Pink Among Men on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're a proud member of the Paperhouse Network. Yeah, it was very much that, like, put upon short man syndrome of, like, well, I've got to sell myself extra hard because then she'll yes. like me as opposed to like, I don't think this lady likes you, so let's move on. I bet yeah. there is a lady oh, I'm gonna have like to. You. I'm going to have to look that up in the, in the news because I'm curious now yeah. which one he dated. Do you remember <laughs> which one he dated? Uh, God, she had an... I didn't remember her. Like, I was looking at it. It was literally in a People magazine. I was physically looking uh-huh. at it and it had the picture and I was like, I don't know. I don't recognize that girl. So it was Maybe someone, she was from like an early round or something. Yeah, I guess uh, there were a bunch of people there that like we never saw because they were whittling them down day by day yeah. in the pods. And then they just yeah. came them out. Yeah. That show is so ridiculous. I mean, just talking to a wall and being like, I love you. Uh, no. I mean, you never know, I guess, but yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. People in a lot of weird ways. So funny. Now I'm not watching. Oh, I'm watching money heist. Have you seen that? Ooh, no. Is it good? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's a Spanish show. And so I watch it in Spanish to work on, like, to just work on my Spanish. But um, mm. 
but it's about a bank robbery. It's really good. Oh, nice. I like that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I started yeah, watching, yeah. Uh, I watched a French crime show recently. I don't, I took French in high school. I don't really speak it. I had the subtitles on, so I, you know, and it, but it was sort of like, oh, I can kind of follow along what's happening. And now Netflix thinks I speak French. Oh, so it's only sending you French stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's still sending me Hilarious. English stuff, but it sends me way yeah. too many French things. And I'm like, I start <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't want to read right now. <laughs> yeah, my parents have never had Netflix. Um, like, they've had, like, a free month here and there, on, mm-hmm. like, with a special re- redemption. But um, so I just hooked them up. I showed them, like, how to subscri- actually subscribe. <laughs> and uh, they keep going back to, like, NBC and CBS. And I'm like, no, you have, you have movies now. Like, you yeah. can watch stuff. You can watch anything you want. Yeah, and they, they forget. It's funny, so. Yeah. I will say that the thing with Netflix now that drives me crazy is like, okay, I've been on Netflix since you were sending out DVDs. You know, yeah. what I'm like, why will you not actually just recommend me something I want to watch so I don't have to scroll through 500 things before I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, all I ever watch on there is like mer- mysteries, deaths, and serial killers and... You know, so I feel like everything in the queue is like that. Yeah. Do you still find, even though, like, lockdown, pandemic, you're like, I'm still into all of this murder and mystery? Or, like, do you sometimes feel like, ah, you know what? Everything's kind of shitty. I'm going to go watch a musical. Oh, ha! Like, like, do you find it comfort? Like, I, I weirdly find, like, Forensics Files comforting. So, yes. Yeah. No, I love, I've always loved look, watching people who've had it worse than me. It just makes me feel better. I mean, it, it would really have to be, and I love, I love live comedy, but to watch comedy specials, I, yeah. I've barely watched any. It's really bad. Um, but, uh, but mysteries and deaths and like, I, I'll, I was showing my parents like, oh, this is the Ted Bundy one. This is the, you know, mm-hmm. but it's only because I like them. I don't know. They, they like, you know, things that aren't as nerve wracking. <laughs> You know, yeah. but Netflix has that too. Yeah. They get everything. Yeah. But we did start watching for them. We started watching Grace and Frankie. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's actually really cute, but it's like, I'm trying to find something with old people in it so they can appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> There's also the uh, Comiskey me- method. Which oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, version. I saw yeah. that. Michael so, Douglas? Yeah. He's so funny. I like him. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then weird, creepy Paul Reiser. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> oh, with the ponytail. He's yes. so gross. So gross. Yes. I love Paul Reiser, but the ponytail yeah. thing really just makes him so creepy. Yeah. It's wild how just a little bit of, like, that ponytail and certain different mannerisms, you're like, oh, you are no longer the sweet, nice, appealing person I thought you were for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, ew. Yeah. And the fact that his like daughter's dating him, I know, is so wicky. disgusting. So wicky in like many levels. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you the going back to like the stuff reading. You know, all the stuff you're doing for yourself in the pandemic. You're reading. You're meditating, yoga, biker. How much of that stuff do you think you're going to be able to keep doing? Like, like, do you see yourself after this having kind of like a somewhat changed, I don't know, routine versus Uh, like, are we all, as soon as phase four happens across the country, we're just going to like go plug ourselves back into exactly our old lives. 
I don't know. That's a good question. I don't do all of these things every day, which is probably the point. I probably should, but um, I meditate like every third day, but then I'll also go online and watch like, you know, Eckhart Tolle's, you know, lecture on the unconscious mind or something. Mm -hmm. So it's in, in different ways. I'm trying to get it in my system, but it, it, I'm hoping it a little bit of it stays after the pandemic. What I have noticed that's really funny is when I started doing all of this, my, my posts on social media have decreased, Mm -hmm. you know, and before I'd be like, damn it, I haven't posted anything, you know, not because I need to see how many likes it has, but it makes me feel like I might stay relevant. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, no, I don't care. I'd rather just not to do it. Like I'd rather, you know, I'd rather just, I'll do it if I remember, but if not, I'll just go for a bike ride. Oh, so in that nice. way, it's kind of changed me to like a, a more normal person. Um, because when the pandemic first started, I was so anxious all mm-hmm. the time. I think I felt like I had to do some kind of miracle creative thing, like write a screenplay or write my first novel or something. And, you know, because I had all this extra time mm-hmm. and I'm like, what am I going to do with all this time? And now I'm like, well, just do whatever the hell you want. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be life-changing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you just have to get through. I know it's funny. There's been a bunch of people I've talked to and the metaphor I've been using is like, nobody's passing you. Like my friend, I have a bunch of friends with kids at different grade levels. And at first they were all freaking out too. They're like, I don't think I'm keeping up with Nora's math properly. Do you know anything about, because I studied math, they'd be like, do you know how to teach compound fractions or like whatever they were on? And I was like, you know, there's no kid in that class that's got a math teacher <laughs> at home, right? Like, yeah. I know you and I think you're pretty smart. I bet you're doing pretty good teaching your kids yeah. right now. Hilarious. And there's no other child. And like, I've had to kind of say that to comics too of like, it, it doesn't matter that your last tweet only got 178 likes and you usually get over 200. Like, it doesn't matter. A lot of people are, like you said too, like, getting off, just getting off social. I think we all ran to it at first. Cause we were just like, I need contact with the outside world. Somebody. Yes. Or there's nothing else to do. What am I going to do with myself? Yeah. yeah. And then I think there was like a crest and kind of a fatigue of it. So I'm like, I also just don't think there's as many people reading your tweets. So it's right. okay. I think that's true too. Yeah. Part of me just wants to kind of disappear while it's still okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because there aren't any shows. So, um, you know, like my sister in Spain, she's, um, she lives in Barcelona and it's pretty crazy there. But my grandmother has this old house. that's like an hour away and it's kind of in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And she went up there with her kids and I'm like, I want to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to escape because there's nothing to do. And then I was, I was talking to my therapist and, uh, and I'm like, am I running away from some weird, you know, me issue? And she's like, don't worry, your problems will follow you in anywhere you go and i was like oh of course they'll be in that mountaintop too you know (laughs) but yeah i do like that like realization of like oh oh okay i this is happening and it's a thing and it's gonna go on and like why don't i take advantage of it for myself yeah you know and again not that you have to write the great american novel like just literally like i went on some more bike rides what a lovely thing yeah like who cares like what did you do during the quarantine nothing special and i loved it yeah. <laughs> but i did cook a 17 pound turkey i've never cooked a turkey by myself 
And before, like, I, before two weeks ago, I was up in Connecticut with my boyfriend's family and there were eight of us in uh, quarantine and it was my turn. It was like a commune. It was my turn to cook. And, uh, and there was a defrosted Turkey in the fridge. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And, uh, and then I just, I found something on YouTube and I took out all its like innards from the inside and I just stuffed it with like onions and celery and carrots and stuff and left it in the oven for like three hours. And, and you know, th- those things are so intimidating, but they're not that hard if you follow directions. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be that scary. So I take it it was, it came out edible. It came out okay. Better. Like the, the hardest part was honestly how to cut the turkey because yeah. I just want to rip the legs off and cut it wherever I want. But once you stick it in the oven and you baste it and you just shove a lot of stuff in there, like it's, it, you don't have to do anything else. Nice. You know? Um, so, also though, I just want to go back. There just was a defrosted turkey. No, it was, well, there was eight, there were eight of us and there was a big frozen turkey in the freezer and then someone moved it out of the freezer to make more room for other food. Uh, and then it just happened to be fully defrosted the night that it was my turn to cook. <laughs> so instead of like chickening out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I like that. Um, and so it was just one of those, but it was funny. At first I was nervous because, you know, when you cook four people, it, it does feel like you're on the British Bake Off. Like people are going to start judging you and stuff. <laughs> But if it was just like me and my boyfriend, I'd be like, I don't care if it tastes like shit, whatever. But then when all these other people and his family's there, I'm like, oh my God, I hope this tastes decent. <laughs> you know, and then you just, everyone takes that first bite and you're just waiting for someone to say something. Yeah. You know, like it's delicious. Oh, phew. Thank God. Yeah. Now I can actually <laughs> eat. <laughs> yeah. That is a super, uh, nerve-wracking thing it's like all of it together it's like well we're stuck together these are kind of my in-law-ish type people who i want to impress. yes and like if i make them all sick we're all going to be sick together <laughs> and then you're like sticking the thermometer like that's the stuff i don't do like sticking a thermometer into a bird you know yeah. if i'm if i'm hungry i just go eat on the way to the club you know or i uh-huh. or whatever i eat a piece of a pop tart or something. Yeah. I don't like cook a turkey and stay home all night. <laughs> so that's but been kind of fun but different. Yeah. 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 That's definitely one of the things I'm like, well, this whole oh, I made amazing pork chops thing. That's not gonna happen when there's work again. No. I'm probably never gonna cook a turkey again in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda hope you don't ever have to. <laughs> especially uh 17 pounds you know that's that's, a big that's hard to carry it's like a baby yeah i guess a toddler than a baby yeah that's yeah a that's true kid kid yeah <laughs> uh well we are rounding out the the bases and heading towards the final end of this podcast none of those words made sense my brain has fallen apart i totally i was with you the whole time i totally understood words don't uh words time none of it matters (laughs) (laughs) as we get into the home stretches i think what i was trying to say um you want to tell people who are listening like where they can find you on social media even if you may not be posting every day any oh yeah where to get the i'm album. still posting so please follow me but <laughs> no I, I actually i also started a podcast with my boyfriend called the human centipod Ooh. and um 
and we uh, record it in his mother's car because that's the only place we have where it's quiet. When there's eight people, you just can't really talk anywhere else. And that's the Human Centipod, and that is everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. And then I met Carmen Comedian on everything for social media. And my album, my new album, Vertically Obese, is out everywhere. And please pre-order it on iTunes, and it drops everywhere else July 7th. Woohoo. That's, That's great. it. Uh, and obviously, we highly recommend you do all those things, because we love Carmen here at New York Comedy Club. Uh, I love you guys. I miss you guys. Me too. Although this is now the second time I've gotten to at least see your face as a tiny square. So that's I know. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see each other live soon. Yeah. I mean, could be within a month. I know. That'd Crazy. be great. Yeah. Um, let's just hope Texas and Florida get their act together and don't send no. it over here. They're see. They're so doofusy. I'm gonna I'm gonna not end this on a on a sad note. Yeah. Let's just, let's yeah. just get it. Let's just Let's say, hey, Carmen's them. album, no. check out her. Yeah. <laughs> check out her podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, of course, you can find all of the other Paper House Network podcasts everywhere you find podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us, Carmen. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Amy. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the New York Comedy Club podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment. And for tickets to the club, check out NewYorkComedyClub.com.